long as when you put your head in the pillow, in your heart and in your mind, you can tell yourself, I try my best today. Then you can sleep well, you can restore and you can start all over the next day. Hello, everyone. This is Thrive Five, and I'm your host, Clarice Metzger, a storyteller and strategist at Thrive Global. In every episode of this podcast, we'll talk to women about how they thrive in this world and explore the crucial link between self-care and confidence. We hear stories of how people went from surviving to thriving and learn tips for increasing our compassion for ourselves and others. This week, I'm talking to lifestyle expert and Just Keep Living Foundation co-founder, Camila Alves McConaughey, about keeping it together during a pandemic, coming to terms with guilt, and binging survivor. Let's get into it. Well, hello, Camila. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I am so excited to talk to you today. And I thought I might start in a space that you are probably very much consumed in right now, which is parenting. Um, I personally don't have kids, but I know plenty of people who do. And they have been talking about the extra challenges the pandemic is bringing right now. So firstly, how are you doing, especially navigating all the uncertainty? I think everybody that has kids right now is experiencing um, how hard it is. You know, you, you have to do everything, right? You're taking care of everything in the household. You, or if you work, you're working at the same time. And then you're trying to keep your kids uh, sane and happy and healthy and still keep that energy going. And, you know, they go through hard times at different times if you have different kids. So it's, I feel like as soon as I got one in the really good place and excited, then, then the other one starts to have a hard time with, and then I have to work on that. So it's kind of like, you don't really catch a break, you know, and the school now started and definitely added a whole other layer. I have a, you know, a seven-year-old, a 10 and a 12-year-old. And, um, um, yesterday was one of those days that I was like, you know what, if I could just hide it for a minute to, to just try to hide my frustrations and my fears right now so the kids don't see it. It's, it's all I wanted to do yesterday. Thank you so much for for being open and honest and and vulnerable with us and kind of talking about the different stages that not just you have gone through but also your kids. Do you have any advice for parents who like you might be struggling to keep it together right now? I think that you know, I don't know guys, but I always feel like, you know, in the middle of the day, it's usually in the middle of the day I feel like okay, I'm I'm, I'm failing because, you know, it was something for school that didn't get printed or something that didn't get done or it's a technical problem that I don't know how to fix it so they can't log into the class. But the other one, you know, it's looking for attention, but I have to work, you know, or I'm trying to make lunch or run to the grocery store to put food on the table. It's it's always like something that you're not going to feel like you're able to accomplish all at your the level that you expect yourself to do, right? So I feel like mm-hmm. I just had to really bring my standards to the reality of what's going on right now and realize that, you know what, it's okay. It's not going to be perfect. And I think that really having open conversations with the kids has helped me a lot because, you know, reminding them, like I had a conversation with my kids about going, hey guys, you know, we're, this is my first time going through this as well. You know, so mama doesn't have all the answers. I'm trying to learn the answers as we go forward as well. And we're going to do it together and we're going to learn together. And guess what? I need your help too. 
you know, picking up, cleaning up, cooking food. You know, they do their own breakfasts every morning. Um, I need your help emotionally as well, you know, that when you are having a hard time, be open and let's have a conversation instead of being frustrated and holding it in and creating a bigger problem. So I think having a lot of conversations and being open and letting them know that it's okay to be pissed off. It's okay to feel upset that you don't get to see your friends or be in a classroom or, you know, go back to your normal things that you used to do before. It's okay to be upset, but having those open conversations so we can work it through it together. So we're not dealing with a, you know, with, with a problem later on, you know what I mean? A year or two years from now, because they're keeping every, everything inside. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes so much sense. And I think that is so relatable to people who aren't parents. You know, it's so important to not be so hard on ourselves right now and to have that self-compassion and allow ourselves to really feel what we're feeling exactly like you're saying. So I love, and I also love what you mentioned about kind of being open with your children, letting them know that it's it's difficult right now. I haven't been through this before, so we're going to figure it out together. And you've said before that, you know, as a working mom, you've had to shake hands with guilt. So I'm really curious, like, what do you mean by this? And how can other parents experience this mindset shift? Yeah, I mean, look, when you're a parent that cares, a, par- a dedicated parent, you're going to have guilt. I just feel like the sooner you go, you know what? Again, go back to what I just said. It's not perfect. I'm doing my best. As long as we know and in your heart you feel, I'm doing my very best. As long as when you put your head in the pillow, in your heart and in your mind, you can tell yourself, I try my best today. Then you can sleep well. You can restore and you can start all over the next day. Now, if you put your head on the pillow and you're like, you know what? I really didn't do my best today because of this and that then you can have that self-reflection and then put it onto the next day. And some days are just tough. Yesterday, I had a really tough day. I cried maybe five times yesterday, just thinking of all the situation in the world and things going on and things going on in the household. And I just, you know, went to my husband and said, you know what, today is just, it's a tough day for me. It just, it feels like a lot. It's just a lot, you know? And after I let it out and cry a bit and I didn't let the kids see me crying. So that was good. <laughs> I was able to manage that. <laughs> then, uh, you know, then we got better and we said, you know what, let's watch Mulan at the end of the night, everybody. And we're going to go to bed in a good note. And, and we did. It was great. That is so relatable. And I really think that it's important for people to kind of take a step back and look at the things that are in your control and the things that aren't. And, you know, it's having that self-reflection time. And, you know, you mentioned having a movie night. Are there anything, any other things that you've been doing as a family to give you a sense of normalcy during this time? We're still quarantining, right? So I have to, like, be very creative with the family. We started watching Modern Family together. Um, and then we're into Survivor. Man, we watch that thing all the time. It's like a, it's like almost a ritual. We'll have dinner and, and then watch one or two episodes, and we all kind of get into the game, you know. And then the kids start doing the in the yard survivor games. Um, it's it's pretty entertaining with the kids. So kind of pivoting, well, still on the topic of family time, of course, um, but looking specifically at couples, tons of couples are spending more time together during the pandemic, obviously. So what have you and Matthew learned about each other during this time? And for people listening, they might know your husband. He's the actor, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. 
Great actor, by the way. And great, hu- and great husband, too. <laughs> um, you know, the reality is that, you know, before the pandemic, like Matthew and I, we spend a lot of time together. We kind of do most of our things together, even when he's working. You know, like when he goes to work, we all go to work and move to the location. And, um, you know, I, I'm, we're very hands-on on each other's life. So we're just getting to spend more time, more, in inter- more time that is not interrupted by the outside world, if that makes sense. So in that, we're very grateful. But the one thing that is important to remember is that you have to carve time for your uh, relationship. I definitely had to carve time for that. I had to like block a, a certain period of time. And so we can just, you know, talk and hang out without interruptions, you know, so little things like that makes a difference. Okay, we're going to take a super quick break, but we'll be right back with lifestyle expert and co-founder of the Just Keep Living Foundation, Camila Alves McConaughey. Let's talk about one of the many things that has been keeping you and Matthew busy. Can you tell the listeners about your foundation and how it's had to pivot during the pandemic? Yeah, so we have a foundation. It's called Just Keep Living Foundation. We've been doing it for over 10 years now. And um, it's after-school programs on Title I schools. So Title I schools, if you're not familiar with, it's schools that really, really need um, help and funding. So those schools have a really high dropout uh, rate. Uh, most kids are coming from a single-parent family. And the program is based on trying to prevent before having to cure. So how can we ha- help those teenagers become great young men and great young women. Um, we do it by um, nutrition on a budget. So we teach them instead of paying a dollar for in McDonald's French fries, how can you go to the supermarket and get rice, beans, veggies, cook together as a family and sit down and have a meal with your family. We do gratitude circle. We do um, exercise and fitness. We do field trips, which I know it sounds a very simple thing for a lot of us, but you have to remember majority of those kids have never left their neighborhood ever. Um, I'll share a quick story here of this one kid who went on a hike in uh, Austin, Texas, and um, he saw the river going through the city and he froze up. He froze up. He couldn't move. He wouldn't say a word for the rest of the hike. He went and at the end of the school year, came to the coach at our program and say, hey, coach, I want to share with you the experience of that day. It was so powerful to me that I actually went and signed up for the Navy because that field trip made me realize that it's more to the world than my neighborhood. It was more in the world that I've never seen. So I'm going to get out and conquer that. And with the pandemic, what we had to do is to shift that focus into you know what? A lot of those kids, they depend on the one meal at school. So we had to pivot to organize ways and funds to make sure that all the kids in the program were getting meals, not only to them, but to their families. We also had to pivot to where, you know, with their uh, online learning, a lot of those kids don't have computer, don't have Wi-Fi in their houses. So again, we had to organize ways uh, systems and funding to make sure that you know we gave computers and foods and meals so we had to shift a lot but 
it worked really great. We were doing classes and fitness and, and mental health, all of that over Zoom, over uh, Instagram. So it, it, it shifted in a way that we could still stay connected to them. And you mentioned the gratitude circles that you do in your program. So I want to go back to that for a second. How important do you think it is to make time for gratitude? And what are some of your own gratitude practices? I think gratitude is such a fundamental, basic um, thing that everybody should practice no matter what. To have gratitude for what you've been given in life, to have gratitude for the gifts that you have as a human being, to have gratitude for what's around you, for friendship, for family, for everything. It really puts things into perspective. When you don't have gratitude, it's really hard to go through life understanding all the blessings that we have. I could not agree more. Um, during this time, I got myself a little worry slash gratitude journal that helps me just kind of write down the things that I can't control and sh- therefore should not worry about too much and the things that I should remain grateful for. So um, I love that. I couldn't agree more. Uh, With the current social unrest and the coronavirus pandemic, how can we stay focused on what's truly important, kind of tying back into that theme of gratitude? If you just focus, like you say, in your gratitude, it would really help help you do that. And it helps with your sanity. Because again, with all the craziness of everything going on, it's really easy to just go, oh my gosh, all these negative things happen, all these sad things are happening which if you have gratitude, it gives you the strength of being involved and being part of the change and trying to understand, okay, how can I help the situation? How can I, you know what I mean? Be a force of change and help others during this time. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, so I love that you're teaching kids that movement in particular leads to so many benefits, uh, not just physical ones, as we just mentioned, but, you know, less stress, greater confidence, and even mental resilience. So what about for you personally? How would you say that moving impacts you? I changed my train of thought to, I want to feel my best. I wanted to feel my strongest um, to be able to handle, you know, the everyday things that we go through. And the minute I change into, I want to feel better, I want to be stronger instead of I want to look good and I wanted to be able to fit, you know, in a certain pair of jeans or or a bathing suit. Um, My whole perspective of what moving does changed. But you know what I started to do myself, especially during the pandemic, because it was a very stressful time as we all have been talking about it is alcohol and walks. Mm-hmm. And I started with every day going on a 15 minute walk. I, w- I would come back to the house feeling so much better about myself and, and more relaxed and my energy level that I then started waking up a little bit earlier to go for a 30 minute walk. And then it went to 45 and then now I'm doing an hour walks. Um, and again, just getting out of mother nature and moving what it does to to myself, to self-care, it's been fundamental in keeping it strong during this time. I know that nutrition is something else that you're very passionate about and how nutrition goes very much hand in hand with the physical movement. So tell us a bit about your upbringing in Brazil and really more so how it influenced your view on food today. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, on the Women of Today website, we do a lot of talk on nutrition. We're actually doing right now in this month, we're doing September, uh, we're calling the sugar talk. And growing up in Brazil, sugar, it is a huge part of a, our diet. Literally, like we have these desserts, they call brigadeiros or docinhos, so it's different kinds of, I mean, it is the best dessert ever in the whole entire world. I can eat like loads of it. I had it pretty much every day, multiple times a day. In my house, we didn't do a lot of sodas, but any friend's house I went to, um, any family member, it was part of the dinner table. It took me, unfortunately, having health problems to be able to really, really pause everything and go, wait a second, what's going on here? And I went back into... A lot of things that like, you know, so I come from a family of farmers in Brazil. Um, my dad still lives in a farm until today. And I, I kind of went back to my roots in that sense of the farmer's side of my family of going, wow, man, like, you know, my dad's side of the family, they're getting everything fresh. They're getting everything from the ground. Um, they're making things themselves. Um, and if they can't make it, they're trying to get the minimum process stuff because just that's where they are. They're in the farm, right? And um, that connection to food and growing up getting, you know, fruit from the tree and, and all of that, like I went back to those basics is to slowly understanding that take advantage of this time to make changes that are going to help you for the long term. You have to stay strong during this time. And if you're not treating your body the right way, it's just going to trickle down to multiple things that it's not going to be beneficial to you and you're not going to be strong during this time. If you just pay attention, if you just take one day to pay attention, when you eat something, how do you feel throughout the day? And you're going to understand and you're going to be amazed by going, wow, when I eat this, I feel like that. And even like feeling sad, you guys. Like food has that effect. That is key, especially as people are in close proximity to their fridges all day working from home. So I think that is super important to remember. And now we are going to move into your Thrive Five. We are just going to do some rapid fire questions and just answer with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is there a quote or mantra that motivates you when you're feeling unfocused? One thing at a time. One thing at a time, baby. Love it. Relatable. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning to get in a good headspace for the day? So I have a tea station. I'm a tea drinker. I can't do coffee. So I have my cinnamons, my cloves, my ginger, my lemon. I have everything there. So when I wake up in the morning, I try to wake up before the house gets going, before everybody else gets going. So I have just just the 10 minutes of me making my tea, sitting at the table or going out, going on Mother Nature outside, just that 10 minutes of quiet, having a tea, that first sip of tea is like, ah, oh, okay, I can start my day now. <laughs> I am stealing that. If you could describe your marriage in three words, what would they be? Oh, that's a hard one. Our, our union, Matthew and my union have been able to create three beautiful kids. 
they are everything for me. So I guess, hey, there we go. Just just got the answer. Three words, Levi, Vida, Livingston. Oh, I love that. Uh, what's one small thing you do every day that helps you stay happy or calm? <sighs> I sing and I dance and breathing. I never done this before until the beginning of this year where I started to just practice breathing. And I start practicing different kinds of breathing and it really, really helps. Yes, I love that as well. And lastly, what's one thing your kids teach you about being confident? Uh, they teach me to not really pay attention on the little things too much. Oh, I love it. Okay, so to conclude our interview, I want us to take a deep breath together. You just said that it is a great way to calm your day. I hope that all of our listeners can also take this moment to take a deep breath and kind of just reset something we do at Thrive. So I'm so happy that you mentioned that. So I'm going to count to three and then we're going to inhale in, hold for three and then breathe it on out. So on the count of three, we're gonna take a deep breath in. One, two, three. Hold for three, one, two, three, and let it all out. Let your shoulders come on down. Camila, thank you so much for this energizing, wonderful conversation. Um, It's been so lovely chatting with you. Oh, thank you. And thank you for that breath too. Look, one, I'm already getting like chills and and feeling good. Thank you for this time together. And just remember, guys, do your part, do what you can. Let's help each other out in the most amount of ways that we can during this time. Amen. Thrive Five is an iHeartRadio podcast. From iHeart, our executive producer is Carrie Lieberman. Our Thrive Global team includes producers Marina Kadekel and Margarita Bertsos. Our talent booker is Lindsay Benoit O'Connell. Special thanks to Ann Sachs and Madison Odenberg. Our production partner is Neon Hum Media. Jonathan Hirsch and Shara Morris are the executive producers. Our lead producer is Joanna Clay. Hansdale Sue engineered this episode and composed our theme music. Thanks to Dove Advanced Care Antiperspirants for sponsoring this episode. See you next week.